You may be seated. You may be seated. So good to see every one of you, and what a beautiful crowd. And for anybody, this is your first time back in perhaps weeks or months. Welcome. Welcome home here to Kuwait Assembly, and it's good to see every single one of you. To all of our online community that's watching today, we love you. We pray the presence of God is rich in your home. I know you're out there, but I'm so grateful for the body here as well that is gathered with us. Just a beautiful, beautiful Sunday morning crowd. You can get your Bibles out, and you can go to 2 Timothy, and we're going to be there here in just a moment. Before I do, there's something very special that means a lot to myself and to our church family, and that is, is we have our third pastor on staff with us that is now ordained as an Assemblies of God minister. And so I'd like for Matt, Pastor Matthew Bruner and his lovely wife, Brooklyn, would you please stand and would you make your way over here to the center? And Michelle, would you stand beside them? They didn't know I was going to do this, but that's all right. I am so, so proud of this young couple because they are a tremendous asset to our church. If you haven't got to know them personally yet, man, I encourage you to do so. Their hearts and their passion is just incredible for Jesus Christ. And I'm not just saying it because it sounds like the right thing to do in front of the church. From the very first day that I met him in my office, I knew there was something pretty special about him. So we welcome them as just ordained pastors in our Assemblies of God movement. We're proud of them. And if you wouldn't mind, just stretch your hand towards them as we just pray a prayer of blessing over them. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for Pastor Matt in Brooklyn and for this beautiful, beautiful family. I thank you, Father Lord, for the call that you've placed upon them and for the way in which they pursue it with such faithfulness and humility but yet with such power and drive and passion for you. I pray there is favor upon all that they do in every ministry, in every moment. I pray over their physical being. I pray over their spiritual being. I pray over their home, their life, their family. I just pray that, Father Lord, that you continue to pour into them as they give themselves to you. We love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Together we say amen. I love you, buddy. Appreciate you. All right. We're going to love you guys. They can be seated, and I appreciate you guys for just letting me take that moment. I also, I don't believe she's here with me this morning. Dr. Marcus, Lorraine, have you seen Lorraine here this morning? Lorraine is one of our uh, lay people, and she also was ordained. And God has called her to go into women's facilities, correctional facilities, and minister to them. She had been talking to me for quite a, some time about that, and of course she was ordained as well. So to be over at Owasso Assembly God the other night, and to be in district council, and to see everybody up there ordained, and two of our church family, it was a pretty special moment for us. And so I thank God for the call that he has on people's lives. Well, you've got your Bibles there with you. We are in 2 Timothy chapter number 2. The title of the message is Navigating Through Uncertainty. And more than ever, we know that's very much where we are at today. When you take the pandemic... You take the toxic political atmosphere, you take the nation's unrest, you take the growing just protest and the violence and just the chaos, and um, I have to be careful with my words here because the word stupidity comes to mind, but I got to be careful there with that word, uh, just foolishness, selfishness, 
lies being constantly thrown at us, telling us that this is true and this is what we're to believe and how we are to believe, core values of families being attacked, Christianity being attacked, faith being attacked. These are certainly times of uncertainty. It is in these moments, church, where we have to rise up and where our faith has to be stronger than ever as we rely upon the truth of Jesus Christ. So I thank you because I believe you guys are doing a beautiful job in receiving this word. I believe you're doing just an incredible job during this season that we're in. Um, You're holding true. You're holding steady. You're praying together. You're worshiping together. You're believing together. Whether you're online, whether we're here in person, we're holding together because we know that God is going to see us through. Well, we go to this letter that Paul has written to young Timothy. Timothy, who is going to be pastoring churches in the region, including Ephesus. And so he's been giving him guidance and giving him instruction and speaking into him. And we can see in this letter the battle that Timothy faces because there's much uncertainty around him and the culture of the church and the culture, culture in which he is living in. And so very much like ours, there's all kinds of uncertainty that is happening. There's arguments. There's division. There are people working against one another. There are people looking down upon him and who he is and the call and the purpose that's been placed upon his life. And so Paul in prison writes this letter. Paul's at the end of his life. His death is imminent. We know that it's coming. He knows that it's coming. But he writes this powerful letter to this young man of God to speak into him to say, now's not the time to lay low. Now's not the time to give up. Now's not the time to back down. Now's not the time to be silenced. Now's not the time to just wait for all this to pass. Now's the time for you to step forward and to speak the word of God and to speak the truth and that power that's inside of you, that gift that is inside of you, that flame of the Holy Spirit. Now's the time to walk in that. Let people see that. And Timothy, be a light that shines into a world that is facing all this darkness and uncertainty. So as this very personal letter has been written, you and I receive it very much in the same manner because it's the Word of God that's speaking personally to us. If you didn't get a chance to hear last week's message, I encourage you to go online and listen to it because it really builds the foundation and it helps you flow through this series. Because let me tell you, this Word is for every single one of us. You received it very personally. I could feel it last week as I was presenting the word. You were taking it all in, not because it was me, but because it was the word of God that you were hearing and that you were listening to. And so I pray that you do the same here this morning. Go with me, 2 Timothy. I'm going to read here a few verses. Let's begin reading in verse number one. So the letter continues. It says, You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. It is the hardworking farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. Think over what I say, Timothy, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. That in itself is a powerful statement. Because when you're walking with the Lord and you're seeking Him 
and you're pursuing His mind, and you're in just this daily relationship with Him, this communion, this fellowship with Him, you're going to hear the Lord, and you're going to understand the Lord, and the Lord is going to guide your steps. Verse 8. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in my gospel, for which I am suffering, bound with chains as a criminal. But the word of God, it is not bound. So no matter what happens to us, you can't stop the word of God. Amen. For centuries and centuries, what has happened, people have tried to stop the word of God. But it continues to be alive today more than it ever has been. Verse 10. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. The saying is trustworthy, for we have, if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. But if we deny him, well, he will also deny us. And even with we are, if we are faithless, well, he remains faithful. For he cannot deny himself. Now remind them of these things, Timothy, and charge them before God not to quarrel about words which does no good, but only ruins the hearers. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. Timothy, avoid irreverent babble. For it will lead people into more and more ungodliness. And their talk, it'll spread like gangrene. Among them are Hymenaeus and Philetus, who have swerved from the truth, saying that the resurrection has already happened. And they're upsetting some of the faith of the people of the church. But God's firm foundation stands, bearing this seal. The Lord knows who are His. And let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. Now, in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honorable use and some for dishonorable. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, and ready for every good work. So, Timothy, flee those youthful passions and pursue righteousness and faith, and love, and peace, along with those who call on the name of the Lord from a pure heart, have nothing to do with foolish and ignorant controversies. You know that that will only breed quarrels. And the Lord's service must not be quarrelsome, but be kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness, God may perhaps grant them a repentance leading to a knowledge of the truth, and they may escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. So again, the word just preaches for itself. So I pray over these next few moments there's an anointed upon my words because the word preaches itself deep down into our souls. Timothy, now's not the time to, again, keep this low profile. Kawita Assembly of God, now's not the time in times of uncertainty to do nothing or to step back. But now is the time to rise up and receive this word that has been spoken into your life. 
Last week, fan into that flame, the gift that has been given to you, and never be ashamed of who you are in Christ. This week, I believe he goes on to say, Timothy, be strengthened within by God's power and grace through Jesus Christ. As you move forward, Timothy, you're going to need some strength. As you fight the fight each and every day, you're going to need to be empowered. Your mind is going to need to be strengthened. Your heart, your emotions, that which is deep inside of you, it needs to be strengthened. So, Timothy, the only way that's going to happen is through the grace of Jesus Christ. When we look closely at this word and we study it out, we understand that the Greek word for strengthen is endunamo. It means to empower, to increase in strength, and to make strong. So the phrase here in Scripture, to be strengthened, it literally means to have this empowerment take place within your life. We can compare this to what Paul states in the church of Ephesus, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, when he's talking about putting on the armor of God. He says, finally, be, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. That strength, that is the same word, that is that empowerment within. The phrase here, by the grace, it's translated from the Greek word charis, which refers to a divine gift that has been given. And then you look at the end of that statement, in Christ Jesus, it reveals that it is God who empowers our lives through and in and by Christ Jesus himself. So Timothy, don't try to find strength on your own. You are a gifted young man. I have given you a sharp mind. I have given you a passion. I have given you a drive. And you have knowledge. And you have input. And you have creativity. And you are a unique masterpiece. You have been made in my image. You have been made by my hands. And so there is a lot about you and you yourself that is so good and so wonderful. But Timothy, let me tell you, in all of your abilities, everything you have, it comes from God and God alone. And if you're going to truly be strengthened, a strength that is going to last a strength that is really going to be able to rise up in times of uncertainty, then you have got to find your strength in the name of Jesus Christ. Every believer, every one of us, and you are sharp individuals, and you are creative, and you are talented. And I would venture out to say most of you, if not all of you, you are pretty self-sufficient. When I talk to you and say, hey, if there's anything I can do, you know, I can pray for you. You can count on the prayers. But if there's anything that I can do, I always get the reply, Pastor, we're good. Just pray. We're good. What that's telling me is you're pretty self-sufficient. You know how to take care of yourselves. You know how to pray. You know how to, uh, to work. You know how to put your hands to good use. You know how to pay your bills. You know how to be faithful. You know how to treat your spouse and your families. And you've got a lot of good inside of you. Can I tell you, even with all of that self-sufficiency, we still need Jesus Christ to lead the way. Because why the, why, how is it that we are the way that we are? I believe it's because of the empowerment that's taking place inside of our lives. We are strengthened by God's grace Again, we look at what Paul writes to the Ephesians because the church of Ephesus is one of the churches that Timothy would be speaking into and, and, and working with. Look at what he writes. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4, he says, But God being rich in his mercy, and that mercy is for every single one of us, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, even when we were bound in our sin, 
and we were just in a really dark place. He made us alive together with Christ, and it is by his grace and his grace alone that we have been saved. And he has raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Part of those immeasurable riches is the daily strength and the empowerment that you find in him. You see, you're not just saved. You just don't have your ticket punched into eternity. You have God who is on your side. You have Jesus who is within you. You have the empowering of the Holy Spirit. So in other words, no matter what works against you in this life, no matter how heavy the oppression may be, no matter how much the uncertainty may be before us, you are daily being empowered through the grace of God, through Jesus Christ, and he is pouring into you the ability to rise up each day with a strong mind and a strong drive to serve the Lord. Aren't you thankful for Jesus Christ? When you think about his grace, we obviously know that we are forgiven through that grace. We are made right with God through that grace. We don't have to be held back. We don't have to say, am I worth it or am I good enough? It's not about that because he's good enough. And by his grace, we can keep our heads high each and every day. But very specifically to Timothy, he says, Timothy, we are empowered daily. We are strengthened daily to navigate life through any conflict or uncertainty that might be before us because of the love of God through the grace of Jesus Christ that's been given to us. Thank you, Jesus, that every day you empower us to rise up and to follow the light that you've placed before us. In my reading this week, in one of my psalms, a beautiful psalm, Psalm 18, you know it well, but I came across and I thought it's so perfect because it just immediately cast the image of the PowerPoint picture of the lighthouse there in those uncertain waters. Psalm 18, verse 28 reads, You light a lamp for me. The Lord, the Lord God, he lights up my darkness. In your strength, I can crush an army. And with my God, I can scale any wall. Now, I know that when David reads this and the children of Israel read this, they can really picture in their mind of what scaling a wall would be to overcome, you know, the enemy. And so they probably got a couple things going on in their minds. When I read this scripture, my mind goes into the spiritual realm because I think there are many walls that are placed before us. And I believe that God gives us the ability to go over them, to go through them. And however he wants us to conquer them, we can conquer any wall that is before us. You see, I believe in the hour in which we live, there are so many walls that Satan is trying to build. He's trying to build them against man, against man. He's trying to build it against families, husband and wives and children. He's trying to build it against us, each other in our culture. There's walls all over the place. And can I tell you, no matter how enormous those walls may be, we can always overcome them in the power and the strength of Jesus Christ. Verse 30 goes on to say, God's way is perfect. Well, that's, that's truth right there. We're not perfect. There's not a one of us in here that is perfect. And anybody online, don't even think about it. You're not perfect either. There is no one that is perfect, but God is. So what that tells me, I want to walk with a perfect God. That doesn't make me perfect, but it means that if I'm following the light that he puts before me, he's going to put my 
feet in the right place. He's going to put my mind in the right place. He's going to put my attitude in the right place. I'm going to be putting my hands forth to what he wants me to do. I'm going to be walking in the direction he wants me to walk in. I'm not perfect, but he is. And you better believe I want to walk with a perfect God. Amen. Because I can totally get off base really fast. But God will always keep us in the right direction. All the Lord's promises prove true. He is a shield for all who look to him for protection. For who is God except the Lord? Who but our God is a solid rock. God will arm me with strength and he makes my way perfect. Again, not because of me, but because of who he is through the grace of Jesus Christ. So church, no matter how uncertain life may be, no matter how dark the hour gets at times, no matter how much that opposition seems to be working against us, and no matter how massive those walls may seem to be in which we encounter, we are strengthened through Christ to navigate through all of life's circumstances. Now, when I think very specifically about this letter, Paul to Timothy, again, when you, when you look at this letter as a whole, you get this picture that Timothy, he is struggling with some things within his life. That is not to say he is struggling in his, I don't believe he was struggling in his salvation. I mean, he was gifted. He, he was a powerful man of God. There was a call. There was a purpose. So I, I'm not trying to paint a picture of all that he was cowering down. I'm just trying to paint a picture of how real he was, just like you and I. And with all the uncertainty in Timothy's life, we get this picture that he is struggling. He's struggling with some fear and with some anxieties, with some heaviness, with that opposition, but also with some inadequacies of who he was and the task before him. And Paul certainly understood that. That's why he wrote to him in the first letter. If you go back with me to 1 Timothy, in, in the very first chapter, opening statement, verse one, chap, or chapter 1, verse 12, he says, I thank him, this is Paul, I thank him who has given me strength, Christ Jesus our Lord, because he judged me faithful, appointing me to his service, though formerly I was a blasphemer, because he was. I was a persecutor, because he was. I was insolent. I was an insolent opponent because he was. But Paul writes, he said, but I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief and the grace of our Lord overflowed for me the faith and the love that are in Christ Jesus. Now the man Saul became Paul and a great incredible apostle because of the grace and the strength and the empowerment that God had placed within his life. So again, to Timothy, to you and I, during these times, if we try to gather up strength on our own and just really be self-sufficient to a fault, can I say it like that? If we really try to muster it up on our own, frustration will eventually kick in. That feeling of being inadequate with what's before you, it'll begin to hit you. But if we understand where our strength comes from, I know without question we will be empowered within and we'll be able to navigate through the season in which we are living in. I go back to that phrase, being strengthened. We will be given that power by the grace of Jesus Christ daily to rise up and to follow him. Uh, there's so much in that word and in that phrase, and there's many times that Paul uses it. One of our favorite verses, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That phrase right there is the same meaning. It means being empowered by God through the grace of Jesus Christ. 
I don't know. I think we all need this today. But I think very specifically, very specifically, God is dealing with a few hearts here on being empowered within. There are some I feel in my heart. You are here today and, and you're here and you're grateful to be here. You are, you've already been encouraged through the powerful worship time. But the Lord is speaking to you. And he's wanting to take what's going on. Because I don't know what that is. And it doesn't matter what I know and what I don't know. What matters is, is God knows. So if it's just me and you right now, nobody else hear what I'm saying. The Lord wants to empower you within today. He wants to do a work inside of your life. Let me give you a couple more things here. As we continue to go through this, the next thing I see Paul speaking to Timothy is be engaged with an attitude. Now get these words. Obedience, endurance, patience, and hope. The soldier, the athlete, the farmer, they are all favorite illustrations of the Apostle Paul. You will see him use those illustrations a few times in his writing. What he is telling us through those illustrations, because I believe that all of us, even though we may not all fit into that category or none of those categories, we understand those careers. Life, including the Christian life, is not always going to be easy as we will go through these times of uncertainty just as everyone else. So pain and suffering and trouble and trials and anger and anxiety and fear and all those things, they will certainly, certainly be things that we encounter. So navigating through such times, it requires us to put on a sound mind like we talked about last week. These times require us to have a sound mind, to be disciplined in the fact that we know that we go to the Lord and we hear Him and we're able to follow Him. So these words are incredibly important because I believe in the times of uncertainty in which you and I live in, we need to take these same qualities and they need to be seen in our lives. And that first word is a word that most people really don't want to use because it is the word obedience. And most of us, even though I, I believe we have humble hearts and you understand the phrase to obey the Lord, you know inside of us, we, we kind of fight against authority a little bit. We, we fight against, you know, someone telling us what to do. We don't want anybody telling us how to drive. Even when you're driving down the wrong way and someone honks at you, it still bugs you that someone had the right to honk at you. Right? You don't like it. Or you're now, you're shopping and you're going down the wrong way and you don't realize it until you see two other baskets coming the opposite direction and they're looking at you funny and you look down on the floor and you're like, man, I'm going the wrong way. And what do you do? Do you politely turn around and say, I'm sorry, I'm going to go down the other aisle. You're like, I'm just going to just barrel down through it. That's what I'm going to do, right? We know it's important and wise to wear a mask and to be cautious, but to be honest, most of it would be like, as soon as you get to the place where that sign says you don't have to have it on, you're like taking it off. You know, I don't, I don't want to do it. I don't want to walk in this. We just don't like it. A lot of us, the speed limit says 65. You don't take that as authority. You take that as a suggestion by local government. And you'll go ahead and drive what you feel is necessary. You know, now we're having a little fun with that. But even as children, 
even as children, I'm going to get in trouble as Papa Steve because I'll be playing with Alec and playing with little Maverick. And, you know, they're going to be talking soon. They're going to be saying Dada and Mama and all those kind of stuff. And I'm like, Alec, say, say, no, no, Mama. No, no. You know, <laughs> I get in so much trouble, you know. Little payback from having to raise the girls. But anyway, no. No. I don't even have to teach him that because that's inside of us, right? When we come to the word obedience in our spiritual lives, it is highly important that we take it serious. Because obedience to follow our Father's voice and His instruction and His plan is a must if we are going to make it and fulfill His purpose. Endurance especially when that going gets increasingly tough, is necessary if we're going to cross the finish line. And more than ever, church, we need some endurance. Now, you guys know what we're talking about here, right? You know what Paul is. He's not saying, Timothy, hey, for the next couple of weeks, I need you to go on vacation, and I need you to endure sitting on the beach, watching the waves and the sunset, having all the free drinks that you want. Can you endure that, Timothy? Because if I said, hey, I've got a gift I want to give to somebody today, who wants a free beach vacation for a couple of weeks, right? Can you endure that? Okay, that's not enduring. That's just fun, right? You know, so we're talking about enduring when the times really get tough. Endurance is made evident in seasons of adversity, in seasons of uncertainty, when the marriage is not strong and there's a lot of anxiety and maybe the atmosphere is not real healthy. That's when you're going to see the evidence of endurance if it's there. In your Christian walk, when there's a culture that's trying to silence you and trying to make you feel bad or feel guilty or feel hypocritical for the way you believe, that's when endurance really needs to be evident. When you've got a culture that doubts the complete truth of Christ, and they're trying to twist what it means to live a Christian life, and, and when they're working against so many things in which you believe, and it's been, it's been placed deep within your heart, but boy, the world just keeps works against it, that's when endurance really kicks in, and it takes you to the end. We need that. The last two, of course, they go hand in hand. We put them together, patience and hope, uh, to navigate without frustration and doubt and discouragement, getting the best of us. That is necessary. Those things are necessary if we are going to experience the abundance of God's blessings. I wasn't a soldier. I called myself an athlete. I'm not sure if I was. But one thing's for sure, I knew, I knew what it was to be a farmer. And I love the farmers. Because I love the way that they just work the field, they rise up early, they go to bed late, they do whatever they need to do. They work on equipment, they get it running, they work on it again and do the same. They, they endure the storms, they endure all the different changes of weather and all the things that work against them. Maybe there's a certain disease in the plants or maybe a certain insect or something that year that was unexpected. So many things in which they have to work through but they rise up each day with a hope and an expectation, with an endurance, with this attitude that I got to do this, I got to do this. And if they carry on at the end of the season, what happens? There is an abundance of their hard work, right? 
there is an abundance of blessing because of what they did. I, someone put some cantaloupes in our office there this morning. I'm like, thank God for, you know, the farmers and all that. Michelle and I, even tomato, we hadn't had to buy a tomato yet this summer. And we were getting low yesterday, but the Lord provideth. Because anyway, I mean, our neighbor brought a huge, huge deal of tomatoes. So thank God for all of that. But I look at these illustrations and I say, thank you for those qualities that we all need if we're going to get through these times of uncertainty where God wants us to be. Let me give you one last thing here. Paul to Timothy, this is how I see it. Be pursuing the best version of you, which is your life in Christ. He talks about, and we'll see them here in a minute, several things about qualities and characteristics, things to pursue and things not to pursue. Timothy, and in this season, here's what I hear when I read this. Navigating through uncertainty, you will certainly be tempted. You'll be tempted on all fronts. In every measure, you will be tempted. And you can give in to that if you so choose. But you also need to look at it like this. Navigating through uncertainty will tempt you, while at the same time, if you will allow it, it will grow you. Just because you're tempted doesn't mean you're defeated. Just because you're tempted doesn't mean you have to give in. Just because you're tempted doesn't mean that you don't have an opportunity to grow. Navigating through these seas of uncertainty, very much like the message Michelle gave to us weeks back when COVID-19 first came about and we had to go online and she spoke to us. She talked about how in that adversity and those seasons that we can grow, it's very much the same thought right here is that we can be the best version of ourselves. God will grow us during these times. Paul is saying to him, he focuses on some key points. Timothy, give your best effort as you live before God. Avoid arguing and irreverent babble with unbelievers. Boy, there's truth in that, right? Allow God to purify your heart and mind through Christ. Timothy, be set apart from sin. Always be ready and useful for every good work. Timothy, flee those youthful passions and pursue what is right. Pursue righteousness and faith and love and peace. Be kind to everyone as you do the work of the Lord and that in which he's purposed inside of you. In Timothy, in a time when there's a lot of foolishness and a lot of darkness and the church has been attacked from all fronts and the culture is hurting and there's a lot of different ideas and theologies being thrown at you in a time when it seems like evil has the upper hand and Satan has found a groove that's working for him. Timothy, when you're at that place and you show up in those churches and you don't find a church that's at peace, but you find a church that's full of fear and anxiety and you find people that are even kind of butting heads against each other, Timothy, when you work through the day and you feel like you haven't accomplished much and no one's listening, and when you lay your head to rest, you can't hardly sleep because you've got so much on your mind. Timothy, when that is you, what I want you to do is find the light of Christ and be empowered 
and pursue Him and let Him speak to you and let Him fill you and let Him minister to your soul and let Him help you to rise up. And Timothy, the next morning when it's all ready to go again, I want you to rise up and I want you to be the light that shines in the darkness. Because if you'll follow the light in which I'm guiding you in, others will see that. Their lives will be changed as well. And you will see the goodness of God and the faithfulness of God at work like you've never seen it before. So, Timothy, you can navigate through these rough waters. You can navigate through these times of uncertainty if you'll just hold on to God, follow him, let him light up your path, let him strengthen you. If you'll do that, I promise you, you will be in a good place at the end of the journey. That is my word to you, the word that Paul gave to Timothy. May we receive these words in a way that really empowers us within.